0: and I wanted to build my social presence on me, the things that I like, because I always saw it as my creative expression and I didn't want to feel like my creative expression fit into one box only.
1: Welcome back to Color Pod with Kazid. Thank you so much for tuning in. My dude is just absolutely a modern day Renaissance man, okay? When it comes to like directing, editing, cinematography, photography, and everything in between, look him up on Instagram. It's OMG Adrian. He is absolutely killing the game on all fronts. And that's the topic for today. We're gonna be talking about how to be a jack of all trades and master of all, okay? This is the world we're living in. You have to absolutely dominate every single thing that you do, and you have to do multiple things. You're expected to do multiple things. Brother, for the few people that might not have heard of you, tell us a little bit about yourself. What up, everybody? My name's Adrian. My name on Instagram is omgadrian. Uh, that
0: came up because I <laughs> I made this up years, years, years ago during like Tumblr and Myspace. I had no better idea. So I was like, let's just write this down. Um, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, director by I, I guess trade. That's what I do for my full time job. And yes, it is a job. It is absolutely a job to be a, a director. But before that, you know, I was I was doing photography, and then I learned how to be a cinematographer, and then did some assistant camera jobs to DPing to uh, working under a gaffer to being a grip to everything under the sun in video production while pursuing being a director and then an editor and then a colorist and then i kind of just stepped back from it all and i applied everything to my director arsenal here i am now i make silly little videos for the internet
1: (laughs) dude it's crazy like it's your reach is so out of control. Like I got a message from my brother. He DM me yesterday and he's like, dude, you're going live with this guy. This guy is a fucking legend, you know? And... It, it's something that I hear from so many people. Well, when I said I was gonna go live, they were so excited. And myself too, dude, I go on your page, I get lost, but there's just so much. And it's really funny that you don't take it seriously. You're saying you're making these silly videos, but these silly, silly videos are so fucking dialed in. It's like people would pay tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get that stuff done because I feel like we're going away from like the traditional commercial world, like how things were done, they're so like, pure and, you know, you can't really touch them, they're so clean. And I feel like we're taking that veil off, right? Like we're getting into a world where it's just like a lot more personalized, right? Like everything that you do. And I think you're just absolutely a master of it. Like I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm getting inspired just looking at the content. And it's like, oh, maybe I can take this and apply it. So more power to you. But I think it explains, I think it explains a lot like, how you are, I'm just so inspired when I think of you, I'm like, okay, this guy is a jack of all trades and then he's a master of all. He's like really killing it, but just hearing about your background, it makes all the sense, right? Like you actually got to do a lot of those things and they're in your bones.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't wanna say I'd always aspire to be a director, but I knew that's what I wanted to work towards and I felt like, There's two different kinds of directors, right? There's, like, the visionaries, which much respect to that. I felt like in order to communicate my ideas the best as a director was to understand, like, what goes on, you know, through the DP's mind working with the gaffer. How do they create the world for the director, right? And just, like, respecting every position, you know, that falls within that. Like, from the best boy electrics to the grips to... uh, art directors and the production designers like I feel like I wouldn't be as efficient as I am today if it wasn't for for understanding that right even with editing right like a lot of directors don't like editing like they just like handing it off but yeah I just I just wanted to to put myself through like my own version of film school before I could say like yeah I'm a director but I don't know how to achieve this emotion without knowing the type of lens you need to use to to capture that emotion right and it's like i can like me just fully because i like control right but me fully trusting like a dp like this is the lens he's going to use and if that doesn't convey the right emotion like i would much rather tell him no this close-up needs to be on a 12 millimeter because it needs to feel Weird it needs to feel anxious and that's something in my arsenal that like I feel like now like doing my own content on social media Like I need to know if I didn't know that like I feel like I some of my content might fall flat You know or it might it wouldn't hit the
1: same spoken like a practitioner, bro and you know, it's always those nuances that make all the difference in the world when when you put out content and everything bangs and everything hits It's all those little things, like those little nuances that you're adding in. And that's why I feel like people like yourself, there is no uh, mindset of scarcity. You're you're giving away a lot of your secrets and you're not afraid of it because it's the years of like collecting those little experiences and skills that you have in your work that is just inside of it. Like it's sitting in the foundation and the bones that makes it what your style is. Like I'm watching a video when the music drops, when the music stops and you drop a little quick joke, you know, in there and it comes back in. And it's all of those like little nuances that I tell people that you can't really get anywhere unless you put in the 10,000 hours, you know, of like to, to perfect that skill, right? Like a lot of people just go, okay, if I take Adrian's course or his class, or if I take your course or something, am I gonna be what you guys are doing? And it's just like, you know, patience and you got to put in the work. But I'm interested to know one thing. Like if you were to go back, I feel like I personally have those moments. Like if I go, if I take myself back 10, 12 years, what is the one thing that I would do differently? Like, is there anything like with all the things that you've learned and who you are today? Is there anything you would ditch or anything you would add to your arsenal if you go back? No,
0: actually not at all. I mean it wasn't easy by any means you know i went through a lot of adversity i even you know i dropped out of high school and then i went to um to community college i got my ged don't regret that i went to community college i tried to be a dentist like my whole life was like written out right i was like one semester away from being a registered dental assistant and then i dropped out of that and then i went to art school right? Or a digital art school. I went for audio. I went for audio engineering. Huge waste of money. Regrettable in a sense. But if I didn't go there because of the neighborhood that I was in, I wouldn't have, because I worked with so many musicians, because I knew how to do audio engineering. I also was learning how to do photos and videos at the time. And if it wasn't for me understanding audio and getting in with these musicians, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with these these musicians who went to go do huge big great things. And yeah, man, do I wish I had all that money from uh you know, those school loans back? Absolutely. But do I think I would be here doing what I'm doing now without it? Not at all. I wouldn't change a single thing and like it was god, it just it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? Like taking the Greyhound bus to you know, to LA or like, you know, driving to LA from the Bay Area with no money to just to work for free. Like these were hard things that I had to do and and I I think the only way I could look at it and be like, yeah, sure. If I was born with a, a bunch of money the only thing I would change, but I wasn't. And I don't think I'd be as driven with without it or going through all those adversities.
1: I'm with you on all of those things and especially going to school because same thing, went to digital school for uh, cinematography and editing. I think there's some good that came out of it. So I'm not gonna take that back. But at the same time, the loans are not fun. I'm gonna be paying it. I make minimum payments, which means my APR is through the roof and I'll be paying it until, like for the next 10 years or something. Um, <laughs> for sure. And it's absolutely out of control, but I feel like having gone to school, a trad- taking a traditional route does give us more context and authority when we talk about why not, like, or why do it or why not do it? And then when you have your own university or I have my own course, we can really do the comparison and tell them like, I've done this, and that's what I got. And then I've taken courses, and this is what I've got. So I feel like it's kind of important, but it's a very expensive lesson. It's like over a hundred thousand dollars lesson over time when you pay, you know, the loans off. But, you know, that's where I sit with education personally. That said, I just feel like with the amount of stuff that you got going on, I mean, you're just doing so much stuff and you're killing it everywhere. Discord engagement is out of control. You're on Twitch. You're, running your own university. Like you, you're creating content, putting out bangers here. You're hanging out with Carl Shakur, you know? So you have your own, like, you know, you're you're kind of a foodie channel, right? So you have all these things going on. I wanna know which gets to tell me you're absolutely excellent with time management. So keeping that in mind, just take us through like a life and a day, right? Like how how does everything go for you? So I time block everything
0: and, because I have like these hard cutoffs of when I'm supposed to finish an edit or when I start, it helps me like really dial in and focus like, okay, it, I only have like 45 minutes left to finish this edit. like really just go into it, don't look at your phone, focus up. And that's how I don't miss deadlines and I I started time blocking, man a handful of years back and I remember getting super comfortable with it and I was like, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. I could just do a checklist boy, was I wrong, was I fucking wrong, because it's like, you know, being a freelancer, or like running your own company, or being a content creator, or any of that, like you don't, there's not a specific time you need to show up, and nobody's gonna, you know, punish you, reprimand you, and tell you, you need to start earlier, or you're slacking off, it's, it's literally just you, so I have to really govern myself, and make sure I'm strict to it, and then when I came back to time-blocking yeah, my, my work-life balance is, is way better. And and really, like, if I didn't have time blocking and these allotted times when to, when to work, when to relax, when to go on dates, when to turn it off, like, God, I'd be a, a mess. You know, it's when you work freelance, you can be working up until 4 a.m. a lot of the times. But, like, what does your 3 p.m. look like? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot... It, it there's a really unhealthy work-life balance that I used to live before I started time blocking and and Because of it. Yeah, now everything's just I've become a lot more efficient.
1: That is amazing, bro. Yeah. Like I I just uh, I do daily journal and what I do is like I make it very like bullet points, right? So like I would write I had to accomplish three things. I only ended up doing one why because I got distracted, social media, blah, 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 Halloween, right? And then underneath I would write, like time management two out of 10, right? Like this was like a shit day, right? Oh, so I would oh. I would do that every day and then kind of like look back, you know, okay, what, what happened October 20th to now? Okay, the time management went from two to like now a seven. So I'm improving. Like I can like kind of look at that. And I think it also helps with like compete with yourself and not with others. So it kind of keeps me in that mindset, but I envy you, right? Because I still struggle uh, because I can't shut it off. So like last night uh, we're outside hanging out with the neighbors. Like we have one big, we do big like block parties and everybody knows everybody and like we're super tight. So, oh, those stories look so lit, by the way, man. Your dude, Halloween looked awesome. It's so much fun. But my wife had to drag me out and stay there. And I kept making her you know, feel guilty that, hey, I got to bail. Like I got this YouTube video that goes up tomorrow. I got to go work on it. And it, I keep finding myself in those situations where I kind of go next year, right? Like uh, next month, like I'll have more time. We will do it better. Like, But I just personally feel like this has been the game that I've been playing for the last 10 years and it's not gonna get, you're not gonna get more time because if you're ambitious, ambitious like yourself or I, we'll keep freaking hitting it hard, harder and harder. So I feel like it's very important what you're saying, like time blocking could be the answer to a lot of freelancers out there where we quit our nine to five, but then start working like 25, eight, right? Like we're working all oh, for the sure. time.
0: For sure, <laughs> and I think that's uh, the biggest misconception, right? Like. If you quit your nine to five, you make up your own hours, but you don't realize those hours are actually going to be significantly more than working your 40 hours a week. Uh, I just, yeah, man, I think um, time blocking definitely helps my my work life balance. It it helps making sure I stay disciplined. If I (laughs) if I miss it, then more often than not, it was my fault. So yeah, you know, just, uh, I used to, yeah, like I said earlier, like I used to be very unhealthy. I used to be up really late. I used to not get a lot of sleep. And now I feel like because of it, I'm getting just as much done while
1: living more life. Dude, that's beautiful. Let's, let's take a pivot, go to your creative agency. And, uh, let's talk about like, how did you land the Lil Nas X gig? How did that come about? I think it's just a lot of
0: little things that come along the way a lot of people don't think you should work for free or for cheap or for under what you're worth i think late 2019 there was this guy on twitter big shout out to him his name is john vince and he's become one of my brothers for life he does marketing at columbia and he put out on twitter somebody sent me a tweet that was like yo i'm looking for um for some shooters Right? because That's what they fucking call directors and filmmakers and whatnot. Looking for for some shooters, some behind-the-scenes videographers or video guys for this really big music video. I didn't know who it was for. I decided to shoot my shot because I had only been living in L.A. for like less than a year, I think, at that point. And I knew what my rate was as a videographer and a director and as an editor and photographer. I did all these things. I knew what my separate rates were. And then... He told me a little bit about the gig and um, it was with this really big artist that I I was a fan of too. His name is Polo G. I showed up there as a behind the scenes shooter and I believe it was like, I think like $300 to just take some photos and videos and whatnot. and, And I think an edit, which is like wild, right? Because I'm getting paid a lot more, like multiple times for that, for like less time, less work, less effort. But I was like, you know what, this is gonna be a build here, okay? I see the, I see what I can do, okay? Like I can over deliver, which a lot of people look down upon also for whatever reason, right? I brought out my RED camera. <laughs> I brought out I brought out my Sony, I think at the time it was, it was like the A7S 2 And then I brought out my Fuji X100V, three cameras. <laughs> I stayed there the entire day. I think it was like 14 hours or so. I ended up taking photos alongside the um, the main stills photographer because Polo and I guess the, the other people at the label really liked my photos. And I wasn't hired to do photos. I was hired to just do behind-the-scenes stuff and, and behind-the-scenes videos. I ended up taking the album artwork cover. Jeez. And that song became a huge viral hit. The song went platinum I think multi-platinum something like that and then I got issued a a platinum plaque for it because I took the photo holy hell and because I had the soft skills right and it wasn't it wasn't about the talent it was like are you easy to work with are you coachable you know how do you take feedback how much can you put your ego aside like understanding like yes I am my own artist and this is my creative expression but like understanding that this is still an extension of Polo G and his label Columbia. I need to deliver what they want versus what my creative take on it is. So it was that moment and then working alongside all of the other artists in a, in a small way, doing behind the scenes and whatnot, whether it be for him or Kid Leroy, like the entire Columbia team. And then 2020 happened. The pandemic happened. All these huge productions all of a sudden became small. And because, you know, money wasn't flowing the same way, uh, the budgets became small, but the quality expectations were still up here. And because I I had grown up as such like a gritty, do-everything director, from filming to editing, storyline, the entire thing, they had paired me with some of their biggest artists because they're like, okay, this guy can make it happen. I started doing the really small gigs that turned into the really big ones. And because I just built that trust from like, I, I just, I just knew, you know, you roll the dice and like, you, you never really know where exposure or working for cheap's is going to get you. But, um, something in my gut told me that like, all right, this is a, this is a play and, and I, I need to trust this and, and deliver the absolute best that I can. And it worked out for me. I started doing like behind the scenes photos for Nas and then they started trusting me because Nas and I just had a, a, you know, we it was cool. We were chill, you know? Just like, it, it's like the little things, right? The soft skills. Like, yo, what do you want to listen to on set? Like, what what's going to help you, you know, get ready for this shoot? Or, you know, what, what food do you want, bro? Like, what do you want us to order? And then we just built a relationship from there and his entire team. And then landed some cool films as a director. But the cool thing about Nas, right, is that, he is the genius behind everything. Like, I can't even take half the credit. I I, I am just an extension of his brain. You know, like he's, a, he's such a visionary when it comes to, you know, what he's going for. And he just needs like the technical side filled in and like how to bring it to life from like what focal length, how we should shoot it, what the editing style should be, you know, camera movement. He thinks about these ideas and, and just pairing that up with, you know, somebody like me and my crew, like we know that stuff like the back of our hand.
1: It worked out, it worked out really well. Dude, that is insane. There's so many gems in there. And I feel like people, they just think everybody gets like their overnight success because you can go from like 10,000 followers to like 30K followers with one reel. And I feel like that might've not been the thing a few years ago. Uh, right? Like the growth was not as explosive. So like nowadays people just, I feel like are kind of running out of patience where they're just like, well, I tried and I did this one gig for free. Why am I not there yet? You know? And, and I think what you just said, there are so many like gems in there because one thing that I tell people that it's, it's really good to work for free, but also you can become selective. The the leverage that you get for working for free is that you can say no, and it's okay. Meaning yeah, you can't absolutely. just start taking in anything and everything. So like I tell people, like my day rate is stupid for color grading, but then I also do gigs for 250 for a music video and 500 for a music video. To this day, I do it because I believe sure. I believe in the artist and I believe in their work. And they could be like from a country where 500 USD is a lot of freaking money. And they were like, dude, we can buy a house for 1000 USD. You know, so we're, we're trying to pay you a lot of money. And I'm just like, I get it. And I love your work and I respect you. I wanna do this. And then that leads to another gig and that leads to another artist. And I feel like you could be, the beautiful thing about working for free, you could be selective and you can actually work on much higher gigs and people than where, what, where you're supposed to be working if you were getting paid. Because if you're getting paid, let's just say you're only doing like, I don't know, like tier three work, right? And you're getting paid $300 $300 a day or something like that. But if you're working for free, you can freaking grade a music video for Logan Paul. I don't know. You could strike that gold and it could be for free. But then it's going to land you so much more work and recognition.
0: Absolutely. 100%. I mean, to this day, man, to, to this day, like some gigs I'll get paid $500 and some gigs I'll get paid shit the sky's the limit. And like, I, I just pick and choose what I believe in. What I do know is that I don't work for for things that I, I don't want to do. Like I don't like it, you know? And if something doesn't have the budget, but I really want to do it, I still do it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I would much rather be doing this than anything else.
1: Do you have an agent or is there a talent agency that's representing you? As talent, like me in front of the camera, I do
0: have a manager now, I have a, a talent, Represent, representative, agency. Well, it's a management company. They're awesome. They're fucking great. Love them. But for Loopy Watermelon, it's just been me and uh, my my business partner. We built that up um, ourselves. It's just us. I don't. I like. I've I've been asked by other production companies to be a director, or like other creative agencies, some big ones at that. Like, do you want to direct under us? But it would be exclusive, and I'm like. I'm going to be competing with these other huge directors that I'm fans of. And if I don't write a treatment that gets picked, then I'm not making any money. It just didn't seem like... It just it just didn't seem cool to me. It didn't seem fun. I didn't want to compete in that in that manner. Um, so yeah, Loompy Watermelon, uh, our production company, is just... It's just us. That I love it's it. Us. I love it. Yeah, but, but for like brand deals and, um, you know, just as, I guess, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is for it. I guess the only word for it is an influencer, huh? As an
1: influencer, yeah, um, I have management. So let me ask you this. like, Do you recommend people that are in a similar situation, like picking up some heat and uh, companies are reaching out to them directly, should they just keep going solo or... Should they be represented, and what are the benefits if you have a management company than just doing it yourself? I guess it just depends what you want out of it, right?
0: If your goal is control, uh, and you have the talking skills, or if you want to—I don't know—it it really just depends. I think you know. I don't. I don't think one is better than the other. But for me personally with my goals is I don't want to be talking and negotiating with, with people what the rates are, you know, closing deals, like all that stuff. It it hurts my creative. So if if somebody feels like that they have, you know, the mental toughness for that and like the, you know, the talking skills for that, then, then I'll be it. Go for it. But I because this is so new to me, I don't know how much influencers get paid, but I do know how much like... You know when it comes to executive producing for my production company i know how to talk that talk and talk that game yeah just because like i didn't know i i literally have zero knowledge um i decided to go with a management company it's been the best decision for me and there's a lot out there like i don't you know like because he was somebody that i trusted and i knew before i even started making my own content it felt right uh whereas like when I started seeing this growth, there were like these, you know, representatives and agencies that reach out to me and I was like, "Uh, you're just reaching out to me because like I'm getting these views. It felt kind of like sleazy and scummy. Yeah, I would say just go with somebody like, if you were to look to get management, go with somebody that who you knew before all these things started happening, somebody that you trusted versus like, somebody coming at you after this explosive growth that's just looking at you as like, A bag of money because it could be that you know I've seen some horror stories with other management companies that are just completely gouging that talent's money and not or not telling them the proper rates me personally I've never gone through that like my guy's great like he's he's awesome but you know I think it's a tough thing it's tough and that's why I think some people go by themselves because they want to know exactly you know what the rate is or you know not feel screwed over
1: I feel like most of the time uh creatives are not salespeople. I feel like I just barely have met anyone. I mean, maybe a, a dude or two. Like when I think of like full time filmmaker, I feel like that crew really knows how to build stuff and sell stuff. Right. So like they're really good they at so that. Good at they're, they're they're really so good bad. at marketing. I uh, for the longest time on my Instagram bio, like it said, I'm a businessman first, you know, colorist second. And I really believe in that. Like, I'm more about like, yeah. and I get that from my dad. Like, it's like negotiation is our shit. Like I could be in Mexico buying a, you know, you know, a hat and, and they will go 25 bucks. And I'm like, I'll give you two. And then we end the deal at five bucks. And my wife is like, what? How did you do that? You know? And I'm like, that's what we do. That's what our people do. You know, <laughs> like we negotiate. Yeah. So personally, I love it. I I thrive in that space, but I couldn't agree more with you, uh, with you, with what you just said, because the gamut is so wide. Like I have companies reach out to me, and they would just want to give you hundred and fifty dollars, which is the cost of the product, for a freaking five minute long YouTube video on a channel that is very healthy, and it just like blows your mind. You're like. I wonder how many people you actually do get doing this kind of stuff like there's probably people out there like I said creatives don't really get into the business side of things they just want to create content how many people out there are just doing a thing for like Arrowhead because Arrowhead just sent them like you know 10 bottles of freaking water and they were like do a story on that you know and then they just do a story because it, that's what it is um and you'll be surprised on the crazy end of that how much money people can pull because the numbers are, literally astronomical. Like my brother runs a massive channel, a programming channel on YouTube, over a million uh, subscribers. And the kind of deals that he locks in, when I look at those numbers, I'm talking about like crazy six digit numbers for sponsorships. Like I'm looking at that and I'm going, dude, like let's go buy like three Ferraris like right now. Like what is going on with this money? And so it just really is about like pitching it. and. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna say any names, but like I went through like some really reputable like uh, agencies that come through and like try to cut a deal. And I would just tell them, how much can you get me? And they give me a number. And I'm like, is this a freaking joke? Because I am negotiating with them on my own and I'm getting three times what you're offering me. So, and then you're gonna take a cut on top of it. So I feel like it's just, if you don't wanna deal with it, it's better to just make money and like have somebody else handle it. But I feel like if you kind of want to learn a little bit about it and get into it, it could be beneficial too. So it just goes like the type of person you are.
0: Right, like, yeah, it goes back to what your goals are. If, if you're, if you wanna make the most money possible or you think you know how to talk that talk to make the most money possible, I'd say go for it without management. But like for me personally, like, because I've done that for years for my production company, like what's a budget that we can't afford that or we're gonna have to bump up the budget, like, I've been so exhausted from that, that I just want to create. That's all.
1: No, no, no. I agree with you, bro. I want to I wanna move into your online university. I'm very curious about it. Everything that I see on your story and how you're doing it. It's a very like warm and like fuzzy vibe around it, which is very difficult for people that are creating content and then they want to do like a paywall. A lot of people have like a negative stigma around it, like not creators that are doing it, but people that are just there to watch your content support you. I feel like people go very fast from like supporting you to like, no, you're going to make money from me. Like what the hell is going on? So I want to kind of know one for people too. what do you offer in your university? Like, do you have bunch of different courses. Do you have one course? So tell us, start from there. Like, tell us a little bit about uh, it. APCC University is just like a title I came up with.
0: It sounds cool. <laughs> um, that's just for like my, my Twitch stream because I wanted to do a free course on there just once a month. I built this platform on my Instagram and TikTok and, you know, it. it's really just, it's for my work. I love reposting the things I get tagged in, but it still doesn't have the same reach as like me posting, you know, something on my feed. So I thought, let's make a community. It's just like the name of the community. I wanted to make something where, whether you're a big creator or, a, or an up and coming creator, or, you know, you just started to have a platform where you can share your work and we can watch it live on the Twitch stream. You know, we also have, there's different days. There's, there's a day for like, let's just talk about gear. There's a day where we have like our own, you know, it's like a a podcast, but not like a real podcast where I'll invite a different creator on. Um, The first one that we had was Ethan Uncurated, huge fan of his work. And we just talked and answered people's questions. But yeah, I I, I planned to do a class every first Monday of the month. Um, And it's casual, you know, it's not, it's, I don't want to say it's not master class type, you know knowledge but it's just presented in a way where it's like you get to talk to me like it's uh it's it's just like this you know while there is a lot of gems being dropped and there is a you know a a slideshow supplementing it it's um it's just like a big hangout and you know i've had people subscribe which is awesome but i mean they're not forced to that's cool you know people can donate or you can buy a sweater or or whatever it is to support me but you know i just i haven't monetized my audience i'm not saying like i won't at some point because i'm i'm sure i will but yeah just for now like it's so new to me i'm just figuring out ways to to cultivate it and to nurture it versus um selling something right off the bat
1: no i love it bro when it comes to twitch the only Thing I know about Twitch is that people stream video games, right? It's probably super ignorant because I'm not on that platform a lot. When I'm playing FIFA, I just, you know, from my PlayStation, I can just hit like, you know, go live on Twitch so my brothers can watch or whatever when I'm playing. So those are the things that I use it for. But I'm just curious when I saw you like doing all those things, like your sessions on Twitch and and going live on Twitch, why Twitch, not YouTube? Why not any other platform than twitch i'm just curious i don't know twitch just seemed like a like a fun place to go so twitch is
0: starting to move in a direction where it isn't just um video games you know and um i know people started teaching like how to code on there and they've been pretty successful with it so i thought like hey like i feel like it's a better interface than i've never used youtube so I wouldn't know. But I would hop on Instagram Live. And it's so hard to like go through the comments or like, you know, you can't screen share the same way. And and Twitch had all the features that I needed to make it interactive. And Twitch has this thing where like, it's kind of like Instagram Live, right? Where you can like, people can request to go live with you. I can bring somebody up who's a friend of mine. And we can, not only can like the both of us can be here watching or talking and watching, um, we can be viewing like, we can screen share at the same time so we could like watch people's content. Let's say you're doing the Twitch stream. You brought me on and I wanted to share my work with you. We can watch the work that I submit and now the entire audience is watching it. And I don't know any other platform that can do that, which is pretty awesome. It feels like, you know, it's like, it, it feels very interactive in real life where like I call somebody on the stage And now we're all watching their work and we could all give feedback.
1: No, that is pretty sick. My thing becomes like, I don't like to spread myself too thin, which is also sort of like an Achilles heel because when I started blowing up on Instagram and YouTube, I could have pushed my agenda on Twitter too, because I like Twitter and I like talking about like, did you guys download Resolve 18.6? Like, have you tried this one thing? But I didn't do it. So like right now I have like 700, followers or something on Twitter. And it's it's like a graveyard. It, it just, I can't for the life of me, kick it off. Not that like I go really hard trying to do it either, but it, how do you find the time to learn the new thing? And then when you're growing that, I personally feel like sometimes it takes a toll on the other things that you got going on that are working really well. So with Twitch, what you're saying sounds amazing. I started a series on YouTube called Rating Your Grades. And basically, I have oh, a thing I have a thing on Discord, people submit, I give them like a task, like a client brief, here's the footage, download it, grade it, and then I'm gonna rate it. So they do that and I turn it into a YouTube video, but still sort of like a one-way street. I feel like this is where Twitch would be the perfect platform to kind of give them a task through Discord and then the next week go live and bring their work up and talk about it while they're live there too. And I feel like that would be so much better, but for me, it's like, dude, I have like two followers on Twitch, both of my brothers. And it's like, if I go on Twitch, I don't think I'm growing it. I don't know anything about it. And it's like the time and effort it's gonna take to learn about that platform and get into it. So like, do you have any advice for, because again, you are really dominating in many different like social media platforms and it's it's really happening all together. So like, do you have any advice for people Like me, if I want to start a Twitch stream and do that thing, like, is there a hack to grow there or is it just like, I don't know. I think just funneling everybody from whether it's your
0: Instagram, your YouTube, your your Discord and, and setting up a schedule so that people know what time you're going to go on and you know there's people that are watching from all over the world so they can't all watch at the same time what's cool is with twitch you can watch the videos afterwards or you can download it put it up on your youtube later on but yeah i, I would just say funnel it you know i post about it pretty much every day on my stories and you know whether i have a thousand followers or a hundred thousand followers there are people that show up that are dedicated to to wanting to learn or wanting to interact and. And I don't want to say I owe people that time, right? Because I'm doing it because I want to. But, like, if there's anybody in there that that wants to be part of it, like, I don't think it's a waste of time whether there's five people, 50 or 500 in the stream. I'm going to stick through it and just, like, chat to those people. And it, it's cool. It's fun, you know? Like, I've been doing it consistently. I don't know if I'm doing it forever. But I think for now, like, it's a, the most... Fun and, and easy way I can interact with people all over the world.
1: I really like your attitude about so many things, bro. Like just even talking to you, like I love like how you say, I'm doing this and I don't know how long I'm gonna do it for, but this is what's happening. Like this is such a good mindset, something that I personally struggled with for the longest time, because if I'm gonna do something, if I'm gonna commit to it, then that's my identity. I gotta keep doing it, right? And I feel like we kind of pigeonhole ourselves like when we come in with that mindset. Uh, you said the same thing earlier. You're like, "Hey, I don't monetize my audience, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it." You know, forever. And I just like love that to just be that you know version of yourself to just because it's liberating to hear it. And I'm pretty sure it's pretty. It feels pretty good for you too because you don't feel like you're stuck in this box. Like this is what they know you for, and that's all you can do. So I just want to kind of like you know give you a shout out on that. That I think oh, that. That's a great mindset. I love that. Thank you.
0: You know, it's like picking a niche, right? I think niches are very, very, very important, super important, but I, I don't want to say I was never a fan of it, but like just the thought that I had to stay within a box and not create outside of it. Otherwise it's detrimental to like the content that I'm making. Like it didn't sound fun. It sounded like, I don't, it just was like, why, why would I do that? Right. I saw this awesome advice i forgot who said it i was watching this this clip somewhere and the reason why people like emma chamberlain or casey neistat or alex earl they what they do so well or even like the kardashians they do have a niche kind of right but the niche is them like people like them whether it's casey neistat biking in the snow or Casey Neistat teaching a class or whether it's Alex Earl showing how she does her makeup or Alex Earl going out to a party, like people are interested in them. And I wanted to build my social presence on, on me, the things that I like, because I, I always saw it as my creative expression. And I didn't want to feel like my creative expression fit into one box only. And yeah, that's why I make videos sometimes about like my plants or this restaurant that I like, or sometimes color grading, or sometimes, uh, you know, what my favorite camera is. And yeah, that's why also like, I might sell something, I might not, I don't know. I kind of just go with the feeling that that I'm going with. And because like I have like a job, (laughs) I guess, like I never intended to make me being a social media creator with brand deals and that was never even a thought in my mind that I could do and be and I still create like with that mindset I'm just I'm just making what I want I'm creating like I have no followers <laughs> you know what I mean like I just I just make stuff
1: that's all and I I love that and I'm so envious of somebody like yourself and uh you know Chris Howes of the world because you guys have really built, like you guys have done the, the Kim Kardashian effect, right? Like, I mean, it is like people follow you, people follow you for that. And I think that is the biggest Achilles heel that I have because I started with the niche, uh, blew up from the first video. Like, I mean, not blew up, like I have 10 million you know subscribers on YouTube. By the way, I've
0: learned so much from you. So shout out to you. Like I'm sure everybody gives you your flowers, but I've learned so much. The glow effect, dog, Dude.
1: <laughs> it never fails, um, bro.
0: <laughs> bro, the the contrast you get from that, Pfft, mind blowing, bro. I've I've learned so much. So you are you're a legend. It's it it's also an honor for me to to be on this live stream with you. Like I've done done so many things with the with what I've learned from your videos. Thank you. I've been you, watching brother. YouTube videos for
1: man, literally years. I know, years. like it's it's been and, a while, and I I just. I've always been like, you know, people, my brothers and my my wife is just like, you're so, people need to see the other side of you. Like you have so much more. You're so funny, like this, that, and the other thing. Why don't you show that? Like you, you turn on the camera and you turn into an instructor, you know, like I got to drop some knowledge. <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't learned how to turn that off. Like if, if I'm going to put a camera on me and I'm going to tell you to go watch my video, I'm just going to give you like three reasons why you must watch my video. I don't know, like you you turn the camera on and I'm just <laughs> that guy and I'm just like I don't know how to separate it. So when I see you, I'm like, man, this guy just is genuinely cool. Like I mean, you like you listen to him and he's just he's just a cool dude. Like it's just you you know. Oh, man. He you. could he could be doing a podcast and I'm going to listen to it. He could be doing and, and and he can jump from this to that. So, personally, I just feel like it's such a great advice and i would tell people that today i i'm trying to do that now uh, but it's not natural to me like you know I, i'm just like my my online my social media presence is just like let me let me share something with you if you're giving me your time i am so respectful of your time that i want to make that worth your while and i don't want to just like shoot shit because why do you care that's in my head but i'm sure people care right yeah they do and and i think <clears throat> A misconception
0: is is like, if you start doing other content, it might work, it might not. But like, doing it because you want to do it, whether it's like a a casual vlog, some lifestyle stuff. Like, if you want to do it, who's stopping you? Is it because your ego's a little hurt because you're not getting the same views as the educational content? One hundred percent. Or is it just you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, that's, that's what what's it is. Stopping most people, right? And you know, not all my videos get shared and watched and saved as much as others but like i wanted to make it i'm not gonna let that be uh you know like a marker of validation why i shouldn't do this type of content i know what people want to see and i'm gonna make that for sure i'm all i'm always gonna make that type of stuff but like i i think the reason for people being warmer to opening up to different types of styles of content that i do is because like I don't know. I just do it. And I think the, the way I approach it is like, it's just my creative expression. It's just like, like I say, it's like my silly little videos, man. Like when I work with Adobe or like with Mercedes Benz and then you know what it's about, right? It, that, that's a brand deal. I'm going to approach it completely differently. But you know, when it comes to these Sunday short films or, or the food videos, um, I, I, I don't try to be a cool guy. I just try to be like myself. And I think because I don't turn anything on, because a lot of people ask me like, yo, when you turn your camera on, like you how do you switch on that persona? I'm like, I don't, bro. I fucking don't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and just... no, it, it comes through and it's beautiful. The video postcard series, why and where did it come from?
0: Oh man, it's actually a, a less cool story than like a genuine, I wanted to make something there's a lot of these algorithm gurus out there, you know, whether it's like you got to post reels that are 7 7 seconds or less and then read the caption and it, it like kind of watch baits you and view baits you and that's cool and all if that's like, you know, their thing, but you know, there was that uh that article that came out like what Instagram is used most for and what um what gets the most, you know, what's get pushed out the most, right? Instagram is used for communication, right? DMs are the most used thing. And then Instagram reels, and then photo dumps, and then, uh, what is it, single post photos, and then videos that either turn into a reel or, they, they get posted in your reel section, but they don't get pushed out the way like a 90 second or below reel is. You could post up to 10 minutes, and then you have like the video dumps, which is, basically what the postcards are and I was like let me let me make the thing that the algorithm doesn't want to push out the most but because I preach a lot about if the content's good it'll find the way to the people some way or another and it's happened to my content lots of times where like weeks later it'll it'll gain views and shares so I decided to do another test where let me just do something that is spoken that like this isn't gonna work why would you do that why don't you just post them as a reel why don't you make it vertical or make the horizontal video fit within the vertical and then you'll have the black bars on the top and the bottom like nah we're gonna do something that's completely different it's gonna be a swipe through video dump and that's how it came about like there was no other thought than i'm gonna shoot pretty images Cause I, that's what I wanted to do. I was going to use that for like, you know, a short film somewhere along the lines. I was just collecting B-roll. I threw it out as like a casual afterthought post. I called it video postcards and then it became a thing. And I didn't expect that at all. And I think it's because I think what was refreshing about it is that nobody had seen that and people appreciate horizontal video. They really do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it really just came from, I wanna create something that is so anti-algorithm
1: and see what happens to it. No, dude, it's, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's just, especially with reels, I feel like before reels, people were still kind of doing, showing their art through their own way, right? Like there was still like an Instagram style photography, but not everybody was doing that. Like us creatives, especially on the video side, there was like a lot of like newness to like the content that was coming out with reels. Now you just, I click on it and I see, and I scroll through eight reels and they're like something that I might've done like the, the before and after, right. Like grading things that I might've done like two years ago. Now it's like, I just see every reel is that. And then that's what you need to do to, to still be, like, so the algorithm gods can like, you know, show some mercy, right? Like, and like, love you. And you're just kind of, and yeah. and I'm also very allergic to that. That's why I'm never the guy that is just like with that sort of thumbnail, like resolve 18.6, like, you know, it just like it dropped today and I'm putting out a video three hours later because I know that it's going to blow the fuck up. But then I'm just regurgitating like what they said at the conference. I personally feel like- yeah. What the fuck is the point? Like, go watch the video. Somebody al- already did the video. Now I'm going to tap into like their thing, right? And mooch off of yeah. that. If people do it, good for them. I personally like also have a thing about that. So I'm just like, no, the video is going to come out two weeks from now. It's going to be well thought out. I'm going to go through all the different things. And then you're going to get my two cents from a pro colorist. Like, what do I think about all these tools? Blah, blah, blah. So I feel like I can respect that a lot. And I root for. People with your mindset, like where you are, just like this is what I want to do. Uh, not to mention that they're so beautiful, and it is something that does take work. And if you're going to keep doing it, you got to find something that you will have the drive to do it. Because if you just do it for the algorithms, you're going to do it for one month, and then you're going to gas out. Um, right. You know. So I think that, that I think that's a very important message. I want to respect your time. I want to let you go within an hour but I do want to ask you before we wrap it up that um, I see like you stay connected with a lot of the creatives in the industry. And I think my question to you is that, do you have any advice on like, especially post COVID, I feel like we all just got so used to like communicating through our phones, right? Like through our freaking thumbs instead of actually physically going out there. But whether we go out there and meet people or we do it through like our cell phones and DMs, like how how do you one find the time to do it and what would you, what would be your advice for people that are up and coming i think just shooting that dm or like joining a discord that you know
0: nurtures meeting up with people in real life like i went to calgary and in canada recently uh, banff and that trip started you know the planning of that started within the discord and then I met with uh, um, one of the homies from the Discord out in Banff, which I would never been to before. And then it turned into a meetup. And, And it just, like, joined something, man. Like, I think us artists, like, we're so, we're so, like, in our own studio or our own office workspace, which is great, and we thrive in that. But I don't know, I have the most fun, like, I don't say the most fun, I have a lot of fun also, like, just talking ideas, like, You know, listening to to different perspectives and and I think in order to make the best art, great art, and express yourself with the most insight possible is by living life. And you can't, I don't want to say you can't live life by yourself. Totally possible and if that's your thing, not hating on it. But in order to create, you need to live. And I think through the experiences and the conversations I have with people and whether it's their their workflow or their thought process or how they might've done this in the edit, it adds so much to what I create. So I, I put an emphasis on maybe more than others the getting to connect with these people in real life. I think this video that I did with Carl, it was, um, I forgot what I said. It was like oh, somewhere along the lines of like, We you know our our friends in real life we spend a lot of time with them right but I also think since we're so glued to our phones we we spend a lot of time watching our favorite creators and other people on the internet just as much as we spend time with our friends in real life that has nothing to do with our you know our creator lives and i think i don't want to say we owe it to ourselves to to try to connect them with them in real life but it's like i feel like i already know some of these people based off of their content so like linking up with them it it felt natural already because i i watch your content as much as like i would watch like my friends you know family photos on instagram so i'd say my advice is just join a discord or shoot that dm like just engage in other people's content like i like and comment on so many people's stuff that i don't even know you know um things that i'm inspired by and and i think just like understanding that we all kind of want the same thing you know just to create freely and if you want to make it your job like There is an abundance of it. I think just a scarcity mindset of I have to do this by myself because I need to be the best. I want to get these brand deals that these other creators are doing and I want to surpass them like that. It it isn't really like that. Like there's so many there were so many people at Adobe Max that were all getting the same deals. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's enough everybody. There were so many people who spoke that probably got paid to speak like. It's so much easier attacking it with an army of people who are just like the the way Mr. Beast does it, right? He collects like the greatest minds and puts it together and it helps fuel his content. And And I approach it the same way, not not the same way as Mr. Beast, but like, I just love the insight of other folks. And it adds so much to, to
1: just my outlook on life and how I create. Unbelievable advice. And I couldn't agree more. I feel like uh, since my little brother is In the scene, YouTube, social media, and everything. And I feel like we just have some of the craziest eurekas. Like every time we're together, you know, we're grabbing lunch and he'll say something, I'll say something, and I'll be like, oh shit, like let me try that. It's one of the videos, like I went back and after our talk, I went back and I retitled it and I repackaged it. I did a new thumbnail. And the video, since then, in the last month or something, it's an old video. It came out in 2021, but it, got over 200,000 or 250,000 views in the last month, it just started going like a hockey stick. And it just like blew up after repackaging the video. And that all happened just by having a conversation at freaking Panera Bread, you know, we're hanging out. (laughs) And I'm just like, and he's given me his things, like how he does it. Because it's like, he told me one thing that was like so crazy. He's like, dude, all your content is like, use primaries lift gamma gain as X, Y, and Z. And he's like, this is great because you're a practitioner at what you do. But he's like, your niche has a niche, has a niche, has a niche. And he's like, you're just basically getting rid of the Adrian's of the world that wanna learn color grading. But they were like, what the fuck is he really talking about? Like, I don't know if I need to learn that. So he's like, you gotta strip that and make it very simple that my mom can understand what you're saying then if she's not interested, she's not going to watch it. But if she is interested, she will watch it. And it's like that type of thing, you know? And I'm like, okay, let me try something. And then I try it and I'm like, holy shit, bro, this is insane. So, yeah. Right. Because because as creators or like, you know, or a master
0: of a craft, like you think you know everything, right? Or, you know, we we, we really don't. And that's what I love so much about talking to other creators and how they approach, you know, packaging or like writing their content. It's like, we're so stuck in in our ways of how we do things and and you know even when when collabing with carl it was like such like a a bounce back and forth like i usually don't do things this way but like i like the way you do that and like oh this is how you approach it and like it worked it was just such a culmination of both of our
1: ideas and and yeah i think it's super important to to get those insights Dude, it felt like you guys knew each other for like 40 years. Like it was just so like natural. (laughs) It's so beautiful. I think I watched that real, like, I don't even know, 25 times. It's just great. Oh man, thank you. And it's more of that, you know, like it's like, it's just so candid. I love it. Uh, Let's end it. Question that I wrote for you specifically, which is, if you're not a filmmaker, if we take filmmaking away from you, what would you do professionally? Does money
0: come into play? Oh, of course. Yeah. Damn, I would have just said, I would have been like a a dog walker I would own a doggy daycare but I don't know how much that pays but that that would be my
1: you could life. build your own empire man like you know you <laughs> but know but how see, it is you could build like that, an uber uber of like that service uh, right but see that's like a business that I don't want to
0: build I guess if I were to do it all again and I had to think about the cost of living I, I probably would be like a I don't know I would love to work with NASA or like some sort of engineering with computers Okay. Brother, tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at omgadrian. TikTok, same thing. Twitch, same thing. The Discord,
1: the links are in the bio. Brother, thank you for taking the time. This conversation was like, there's there's so many gems that I'm going to be applying right after we get off. So like, I appreciate you, man. (laughs) Thank you. Man, thank you. It's been an honor being on here with a legend, man. I've been watching your stuff for years, like I said. So I appreciate for Appreciate you for having me on. Love it, brother. Thank you. Bye. All right, man. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review. It helps so much. Subscribe to the podcast for more content and I will see you in the next one.